What's up? I'm Ron from the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hey, Chris, we're on the phone with Ron from the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Hey, man, how you doing? Good, how are you guys today? Doing all right. It's yeah, a beautiful day in Virginia. It's hot and dry. <laughs> and here, I'm in the mountains in California, so hot and dry. Oh, nice. Oh, wow, in California. Yeah, I love it. Uh, um, it it's very hot, very dry, but I love it. That's that kind of weather that I live for. That's, <laughs> that's nice. You guys are from Florida. Did you guys move up there? We are. The band's originally from Florida, but we've been a band so long, 17 years now, straight, no hiatus, no breakups. So, like, life has evolved. You know, we're all married with kids. And actually, my brother Randy, the guitar player, his uh, daughter was born last Wednesday. Oh, wow. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So, you know, life evolved, and I wound up meeting a very talented artist named Defoe, actually. Um, and I married her. I moved to California, and I've been here now six years, but the rest of the band, three of the dudes, Three out of five, um, I think now, I uh, live in Florida. Oh, four nice. Six. So, you know, overwhelmingly, four out of six still live in Florida. Me and I live way outside of LA. Nice. I, I was actually, um, you guys are quite a big band, but surprisingly, this is the first time I've heard of you. And I, I don't mean that in a negative way, it's just, I came from Canada, and I've only lived here for two years, so I don't really know much about, uh, about your band. And when I was researching, um, I came across the video for Brace Yourself. And it kind of struck me right away that this was kind of different from everything else everybody is doing. How did you guys kind of make that decision as, because it seems like so many people these days can't make a decision collectively if they tried. So as a band, how did you kind of come to that <laughs> decision that you had to do this? Somebody close to me that's grounded 
Um, and I, you know, I pretty much do all that. I just really, um, I run everything by the guys if I have any kind of like weird feelings. But generally, I go with the flow, man. I've been doing this a lot, so I trust my instincts and um, just go with it. Nice. That's awesome. I know, like, I'm not usually one to go and read comments, but on this video, I had to go read them. And the amount of first responders that were like, saying thank you and all this stuff, I was just like, this is awesome. Wow, right? It was so cool. And it made me feel so good. And, like, people don't understand that, like, you know, they always talk about the money. And I thought, oh, I was a musician that cares about money. Like, that's what we do it for. Like, crazy cool things like that happen all the time. And we've seen it in many different ways over the years. But when I was sitting there, you know, we're going through this too. Like, I don't know if I'm worried about it. Fans that are posting about their cousins and uncles who are getting it and grandparents, you know, I'm connected to those people. Right. So even though nobody in my immediate family got it, people I care about were fighting it. And then there was other people on TV, you know, ah, just taking it the other way. So for me, it was a little tough. So definitely, um, I wanted to put out a piece of work that showed that some people do care about the message of just being safe in general, whatever that means to you, along with the things we don't have to go into, but just being safe and taking this thing seriously and getting through it together. That's been our stand. Um, and the first responders just loved it. And they needed something, you know, and nobody was really um, addressing, you know, the, the fight here at the time. Luckily, since then, yeah, remember, we launched this thing early when it was super risky in March. We had no idea how it was going to be received. Luckily, the first responders, um, before anybody just just grabbed onto it, man, and they shared their stories. That's not from us. Um, and all different people around the world jumped on those comments and started encouraging them. And it was really special, man. I'm glad we got to see that. Yeah, no, it, it really blew me away. For me, you know, when this all started, I was like, man, this is this is crazy. And living in the U.S. and only being here for two years and watching what's going on back in Canada with it and how it's being handled compared to here. It really, I just didn't really know what to make of a lot of stuff until two of my wife's employees were hospitalized with it for three weeks on oxygen. And it got that's when, I, that's when it hit home and I was like, this is, this is terrible, you know? It is, man, and it's un unfortunately, they have to hit home. And that's, that's why I said me being an artist and tied into our fans, I was seeing some of them in real time struggling with it right away. Some really brutal stories. So we definitely just, you know, even from the beginning, you know, if you want to go back 17 years with Faith Down, uh, we, we try to do good with that music. We always have. So it's just something, right. the one thing we've been consistent with for 17 years and Gracious Hawks is just the next step in that evolution. So, um, but you know, what can you say? Like, the real reason why you do put music out is to try to, um, you know, affect people. You want to, um, usually negatively or positively, and we tend to go for the positive. And, I'm not going to say we've never written a burn song. We've got a couple of burner songs out there that, you know, the people who we weren't happy with, but majority is, is that kind of like message of like, let's get through it. And, uh, you know, that must be interesting to you. Um, living here only two years, I can imagine that would be, you would be a good reference for man. I'd be, if I knew you as somebody like, hey, what is this thing like to you? Because we just got here, you know? Yeah, well, like, for instance, in Canada, they have 350 cases yesterday around there. And, and 11 deaths. So even if you times it by 10, it's not even close to what's going on down here. Right. It's, it's, it's crazy. Well, you know, it is, it is what it is. And, and all these all these numbers and stuff will be there forever and we'll be able to reflect. And I guess that's what we can really hope on. Right. Um, 
you know, there's learning from this. Let's learn from it. There's already been a lot of mistakes, and although some people won't take uh, responsibility for it, that's not a surprise. Not really. Oh, no. So uh, let's just try to learn from it. The rest of us, the smart ones, the people who know how to speak to each other and code almost, if you feel like um, we just will learn from it and we'll move on, you know? I think the biggest thing that's going to come out of this is the most massive technological revolution that we'll ever see. Like, oh, yeah. The amount, of, the amount of technology that's been created just in a short amount of time, you know, right now, I can't even imagine how it's going to change the way we educate ourselves, the way we communicate. Um, like, things are just going to go at warp speed, really. I agree. So let me let me start by saying first I've seen you guys I saw you guys live uh, I don't know, maybe five years back in Richmond at the Canal Club. So I'm not new to, I'm, Yeah, I'm not new to you guys. I've I've known you for quite a while. Congratulations on the billion stream, which which we'll get to in a second. But what I really want to tell you is my real job outside of, you know, the glamorous multi-million dollar podcasting industry is I am actually in I'm actually in law enforcement and that song definitely hit home. That's awesome, man. Yeah, so I mean I, I had heard about it before and I've listened to it and you know it definitely uh being someone who's totally on the front lines, I completely appreciate what you guys did there. So getting back to the billion stream, I mean, that's quite an accomplishment. I don't think there's very many people that can that can uh, add that to their resume. Congratulations. How did that feel to do that? Thank you. I think we just stayed alive longer. Um, we're all, um, but old is good in rock. Yeah. You can live to be an old rock rocker, but you do it right. Did you ever imagine you'd still be doing this 17 or 18 years ago whenever you started? Right. The building's changed, though. To be honest with you, it just makes me feel old. 
Right. Chris? Yeah. It's so funny how we can feel so invisible when we're young and then the older we get. Oh, man. We kind of realize, oh, man, <laughs> I'm not that invisible. <laughs> I sure did. I am the full-blown jumpy of that. From, from 22 to about 31, I was a 10 foot tall and full of Not so much anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. um, so, what's the writing process like for you guys? You say you kind of control most of the writing and do all that stuff. Um, are you writing the songs like at home on your computer and then sending them to people? Um, like, how are you dealing with all of that? Well, you know, again, I always go back to this just because it's relevant. Um, 17 years is a long time, so it's involved. But um, in that chunk of time, I have done the majority of the writing, but just routine why we're so excited about Embrace Yourself, which is just being as huge to a while, which is huge to us. You know, when you put new music out, you want people to like it. That's the ultimate goal. That, all that music on the new EP is actually written by our two youngest members. Um, everybody in the band has been in the band a long time now, and they've been in and out of the band. So it's, it's pretty cool. The lineup has been pretty solid for a really long time now. And, but the interesting thing is the two youngest guys, Josh Burke and John Espy, age-wise, I let them write all of the music. And I've never done that before. So in our entire discography, this is the only time where the actual, you know, the guitar and the drums and like the, the escape behind the song, the rock song, is written by our two youngest members. And they just, they got on like a, a roll and they started, you know, recording some stuff on their own because I've always encouraged that. And John, our drummer, he mixed it. So the EP is produced by me, the singer. It's mixed by the drummer. And it's written by the two youngest members. And when we tracked it on the tour bus late last year, other than one song, because I wanted to do one in quarantine called Please Unfriend Me. That one we actually did write. I wrote and recorded in the studio in, in here in San Bernardino. We emailed track. The other guys did it in Florida. And we did it all in our house. So there's, there's one just because I thought it would be cool to remember the time in quarantine. But that's how we did the whole EP. So it's super interesting and different for us. Usually, you know, we just pay a bunch of money to a big time producer. We go make the record. You film some stuff when you're in there. You post about it. It's a very usual process, so this has been completely different um, from from the beginning all the way until now. The good news is people like it, they're digging it. That's great. Yeah, technology is amazing. Um, I, I will never forget when I transferred from working on 2-inch tape to working at Pro Tools. It was just such a, like, I, this seems funny to say, but like when somebody shows me copy and paste, I just couldn't even believe it, you know? <laughs> no, I know you now. To be a producer in this day and age is the best time. I remember, you know, I'm older than people think. I just, some people think I look young, but I'm actually older than they think. And I remember when personal came out. And I remember we were one of the guinea pigs when all the engineers were first testing it out and crashed all the time. And now, now it's great. Now it's fantastic. Um, all the dolls now are just supreme. So we encourage, like I said, we encourage in, uh, inward promotion, if you will. So I was able to... Uh, use all the stuff that they did, man. These, these guys are young and hungry, and they wrote some really cool music, so I would say it's a kind of, it's a lot of fresh new sound into the band, but with me holding it down with that old school guy, Jumpsuit Vocal. Nice. Uh, I don't have anything else to do. Yeah, just one more. So I imagine after being in it this long, I know we're not in live shows now, but previous to this, your live shows must be like multi-generational, right? You've got family bringing their, their kids to shows now? 
Oh yeah, it's wild, man. You know, especially at the festivals. Um, we try we try to do a lot of family friendly not just the super kind of beer rock fest, you know, all rock station shows, right. which we'll still be the but those are a little bit more geared to like an aggressive kind of rock show. But we like to also do the family ones because it's so fun. I mean, they'll literally have like petting zoos and like, um, you know, jump houses and stuff. And there's still 10,000 people there having a good time in front of the space, you know, along. So it depends on the venue, but our nice shows, without a doubt, man. I mean, all the kids that were growing up listening to us when they were 17 or 18 are having kids now. Right. And, you know, those kids are, and now those kids are big enough to actually come to a show and know the songs, wear the shirts, and it's wild. It's wild. And we have kids on top of that. So it's definitely become more of like this different experience and I'm glad you asked that question because it's really fulfilling it's become more fulfilling and, you know when you're 22 and hungry and just a road dog and you're on the month road like eight months out of a year you miss a lot of things you miss weddings you know birthdays everything you can think of you miss that all the time from everybody and now later on this side of the career you kind of get kicked back and you don't miss a lot of that you can schedule your tour more around the needs of your family and friends and it becomes a really spiritual time, so it's definitely multi-generational now, and we're more loving it. That's pretty cool. That's all I've got then, Chris. You good? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And absolutely, good. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you taking the time. Stay safe and good luck. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.